I'm Trish. And I'm Thaddeus, and you're listening to the Fallen Short Podcast. We're back. And yes, we are back, including Trish. She made it back home. Here I am. Trish got back. We didn't release an episode this last week. We took a week off for her to recuperate, get back from her trip. It was uh, it was draining for her and figured we'd come back now and share a little bit about what she did and what she experienced on that trip. If, if you're not recalling what we're talking about, Trish went on a missions trip to an unreached people group in the mountains in Mexico. I guess, was it like north of Guadalajara? Don't know the direction. <laughs> no, I feel a little stunned. I wasn't ready for that question. It's away from Guadalajara towards, I know it's going west, like towards the Pacific. West, maybe northwest. Because I know we didn't get to see the Pacific Ocean, but I know we are close to Pacific Ocean. So you, she went somewhere. West. West. Of Guadalajara. Of Guadalajara. Maybe it was north, maybe it was south, maybe it was straight west. Directionally, I'm challenged on that. I guess I don't really know. But you started off, well, the trip started off with, I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit prior to the trip. Trish, really, there's a lot of question marks of not only where they're going, but where they're going to be staying. Uh, Would they have to... Uh, portage rivers would they make it across rivers would would the roads be washed out because if you didn't know there's also a hurricane in the area prior to Trish leaving on her trip they knew I was coming um but it, I mean the trip started essentially it was, I had to drop her off at our church at like five in the morning uh and then the the group of four Trish and three others went to the airport and then you had a layover? Yeah, we flew from Minneapolis to Mexico City. And that's where we went through um, immigration and whatnot. Pretty slick process in Mexico City. So it's nice to fly in and out of there as far as immigration goes. And then flew from Mexico City up is to... It, is it immigration or is it just customs? Immigration. Because, I mean, yeah, we're coming from out of the country. So we have to go through security. <laughs> Although I will say our security was really slick. They they treat us well when we fly in there. I feel like in Mexico City they they treat US citizens nicely and we just kind of walked through and didn't have to go through all the other crossings that I saw other countries had to go through and uh, I don't know what that means and I don't want to think too much about it, but it is a slick process going into Mexico City and then flew from Mexico City up to Guadalajara. So kind of flew from the north to the south back up north. And then when we got to Guadalajara, so that was a full day. Every time we fly into Guadalajara, it's usually like a full day of travel. And then the next day, we gathered supplies to bring to the people group we were going to. We went, you know, nothing's ever quick in Mexico. Everything kind of moves a lot slower than in the States. So went and got all the food prepared and and packed up and our vehicles. And we put like a trailer hitch on the back of the vehicle. And then left Guadalajara that night and 
drove a few hours to another town. You didn't you didn't have a trailer though. No, you? not a trailer. You wouldn't be able to bring a trailer up there. So it was like one of those like hitchall? Yeah, hitchall. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Like old fashioned metal hitchall that just goes on the back of a, a car. So that was pretty cool. Put, you know, coolers and stuff on there so we could bring a bunch of food. There was literally no room in the vehicle. I mean, we had I had bangs of beans falling on me and different things like that while we were driving. We were jammed pack and the vehicle probably weighed so much because of all the food we had in there. Um, so we spent that whole day just preparing to go. And then we left and we drove and we arrived in the evening to an, another town where we were able to stay more of a rundown. I mean, it was nice hotel. I mean, it's not as nice as the place we stayed before. And just to break up the trip a little bit, especially because it was a big day of travel. And then also that day of travel, we also um, did get to see the locations that we normally work with when we're in Guadalajara. So that was cool too. Side note. Um, and then stay there that night. And then the next day had another full day of travel. So literally to get to the unreached people group took us three full days of travel. And then it, it was a lot. I mean, it's a lot of work. It's not easy on your, your body being cramped in a, tight spaces for that many hours and it's hard on your on your body but it was fun it was bonding I guess and then it's not easy roads either like nothing if you follow me on social media you maybe saw some photos that I took but it's just nothing is easy to get to in Mexico yeah the photos that you showed me there's a lot of roads that I mean if it was here in the states they'd be closed oh for sure you wouldn't be allowed to drive on them um just Washed away roads and yeah, broken up. You, you want to boulders in the middle of driving them. on the right side of the road, and all of a sudden the right side of the road's gone. So you gotta go to the left. <laughs> a lot of roads only one vehicle could fit through. Like you couldn't drive past another vehicle. That makes sense. And then like a bridge that looked like it was about to buckle and <laughs> yeah, that that was quite intense. So it was just a lot of traveling to get to this on reach people group. And then that night, so this was what our third day in. We got there and we got to see, meet this amazing lady. Her name is Felicitas. And I think for me, she's the one who really made the trip because she lives, like I said, it took three days to travel to get to her. And she lives outside of this mountain region where there's a bunch of unreached people group. And she definitely lives in the mountains too. But, you know, there's roadways-ish to get to her. Not like we would say nice roads, but at least decent roads to get to her. And she was just the most amazing person. I mean, to tell her story, I, I'm not going to do it justice, but she's definitely, I don't know how much you all have researched about different missionaries over the years, but she just reminded me of like some of those missionary stories I read as a child or read to my kids where just somebody who goes in with such great adversity into a culture and, and lives there and decides to put their whole life on hold to really impact something where they've experienced something else normally. Like she grew up in this region. She grew up there, but then as a child, her and her dad moved to the States into California. And so a lot of her childhood was in, in the United States, but she became a believer in the United States and heard the gospel for the first time and just felt the call of God to go back and tell her people about the Lord because she had never heard when she lived there. So she knew that they hadn't heard either. And, so she lives in in the area where she grew up, and she has family property there, and so she's in the process of trying to build a church. But what I thought was really cool, on top of that whole situation, so we got to meet her that day I got there, and 
and see where she's building a church. But then the next day, what we did is we loaded up the vehicles and we drove seven miles, which took us two hours. And we went up into the mountains and two hours for seven two miles. hours to drive seven miles. I mean, you are inching your way up the mountains and cliffs and you could see vehicles in the ditch and it was no joke. And, and it was so cool. I never, I didn't really feel ever unsafe either though. Um, I just really trusted that the angel of the Lord it's just, camped around it's, us. It's funny because I'm not a runner, but. Oh yeah. Two hours for seven miles. Right. If you were somebody who's a runner. It's got to be laughing about that because... You could probably walk it, right? <laughs> like, I mean, normal terrain, you could probably walk, but it's just so rocky. And and so we drove up into the mountains into this Unreached People Groups, and it was just phenomenal to be there. We brought them food, and what was so cool is we're driving in, and we're, you know, you we saw people working on roadway. Like, they're trying to build their own infrastructure in these tribal regions, and, and that was cool to see, like, their communities coming together to do that. But then we went even further past that into this further region and and nobody was really outside or anything like that for whatever reason. And she, you know, as a way to communicate with people that were starting a service, she would yell and people would come to the services. And, and I thought that was kind of cool too, that she would just gather people. And then everywhere we went, they have such hearts of hospitality. So everywhere we went, they were giving us food and having us eat meals and just making sure that we weren't going hungry. And that was kind of cool too to just see how open they were and welcoming they were to us and it's such a different culture anytime I go well anytime you go anywhere really I mean you could go to a couple hours from where we live now and you're going to experience something different but what I just love about Mexico is they have such hospitable hearts and also I feel like they're really unapologetic about things in the states we tend to apologize for everything like sorry my house is dirty or sorry my house is so small or sorry 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 like we're apologizing that we're never keeping up with the Jonas's or we're never good enough and what I love about Mexico is I've never experienced that where they're just super apologetic about their lack like they just want to give you everything they have and I am so inspired to want to be more like that to just be thankful for what I have want to give away what I have and not feel bad for what I don't have, if that makes sense. It just inspires me every time I go to Mexico, and I've gone since I was a teenager to Mexico. And so I admire that. They're very generous people. They're very loving. I love when I go to Mexico that I never felt like I left it. Like, they welcome me with open arms. They treat you like family. Uh, There's just so many takeaways that I wish I could apply better to make me a better person. Well, I, rem- I mean, I went on one mission trip when I was a teenager to Monterey, Mexico. I've only been the one time, but while we were there, and it was a, a bunch of teenagers, right, and some adult leaders. Um, so maybe, you know, it's not, a, to me, not thinking like, oh, well, it's just different because they're, they're feeding a bunch of kids and, you know, they're taking care of us because, but in all reality, that's just how they are. Because mm-hmm. we, where we stayed, we were taken care of. Yes. Accommodations weren't like what we would get, you know, mm-hmm. in America. Um, but they took care of us and even just going and doing work at a local church, they always made sure that we had, you know, bottled water and things like that. And always made sure, I know we had, you know, after a service, they, they would feed us. Um, they, you know, 
they were very generous mm-hmm. for the little that they had. In general, in the United States, when you go and visit family or friends, you're not usually staying at their house. But in Mexico, it is such a value. They say, mi casa es su casa. My house is your house. And I admire that so much that they're willing to open up their homes for you. Where in the States, we're maybe more apprehensive and embarrassed of our homes where we'll be like, oh, let's put them at a hotel or they can stay, you know, somewhere else at a cabin or something versus in our homes with us and our you know, eating out of our fridge. It reminds me, we had friends that a few summers ago parked their RV outside in front of our house. And it was just fun to like host them and have them in our kitchen. And for a few days, just staying with us with all of their kids, they have a big family like we do. So just that mi casa is su casa. And while you were, I guess, visiting the unreached people group, you guys brought supplies and food. And I mean, they were giving some of it right back to you essentially in mm-hmm. trying to welcome mm-hmm. you and take care of you. But while you were there, you also, you had an opportunity to like, you guys had some services and everything too, right? Yeah. So we did. But th- Sorry, but, <laughs> but they also don't necessarily speak Spanish, which neither do you, but you've been working on your Spanish, but they kind of have their own dialect or, yeah, you know, tribal right? type language. So there's a language barrier there. They Okay, so when we were there, we had three services. And at each service, we also handed out a food distribution. And at each service, we also were fed afterwards by the people who hosted the service. And so that was really cool, too. But I had the opportunity to share at two of the services that we went to. And I spoke out of Isaiah 41.10 where it says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Do not be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. And it was an honor to be able to minister about, you know, we might live in different cultures and we might experience day-to-day life differently. However, it doesn't mean that I'm not as desperate for God as they are. And I'm not as broken or more broken probably than they are, that I need to know that God will uphold me with his righteous right hand and he'll be there. He will not leave me, you know, he will not forsake me. And so just sharing that promise that I feel like God has showed me over my life, I've been able to understand that and receive that myself. So I was able to express that to them. And I felt like it was a message that translated cultures sometimes we can get in our American mindset like oh yeah my car broke down and my kids did this with sports or you know we have all these other first world problems literally and to be able to share a message with them that was more cross-cultural that that God is the same God there as he is here and he protects us and he helps us in the same way here and there and so that's kind of where I I landed as a place that was funny because I didn't necessarily know I was going to share. So the first place we were at and they announced that I, Pastor Patricia is going to share a message. I didn't even realize they were talking about me because I'm not usually called a pastor. Well, I haven't been in a few years and not usually called Patricia. I'm usually called Trish. And so it took me a hot minute to register that they were referring to me, that I was going to come up and speak. And so I went up and I spoke And as I was walking up, I'm like, okay, Lord, give me the words to say. And that's just where it landed. And then we went to another service. I didn't get asked to speak. I did pray. They asked me to pray and dedicate the land where they were building a church. So that was a pretty big blessing to be able to pray a prayer dedication. And then the third service, I, again, was not expecting to be asked to share anything. And then all of a sudden they said, Chris, Chris is going to speak. 
Pastor Chris. And I was like, again, not didn't know it was. <laughs> Sorry to butcher the accent, but I didn't understand it. It was me again either. And then there was the clarity that came like they're talking about me. I'm I go by Trish. That's, you know, in America, that's Trish. And I'm I get when I'm in Mexico, they call me Patricia. My name is Patricia. But for some reason, it's just really hard for me to grasp that I'm Patricia sometimes when I'm there. Um, kind of you go your whole life called one thing and then to go somewhere and called something else, whatever. So that was the same thing, just walking up to the talk and just, okay, Lord, give me your words to say and help me in this moment and just take my weakness and put it in the hands of God. And I felt like one thing that is a blessing about using a translator is I can talk, pause, think while they're translating, talk, pause, think while they're translating. Cause you speak more, you don't speak words in pause. You speak more phrases in pause. So you are able to express the thought and pause. And then they express the thought in Spanish and then pause. So I was able to gather my thoughts in that sense, but <laughs> I just love that. Like I was, it was so fun cause it just pushed me out of my comfort zone and I love to minister and speak and I love any opportunity I get to do so. So even if I felt like it just pulled on me in a different way, it was still a big blessing and I loved it. And then you got to travel back and you got <laughs> to have more travel days and yeah. and essentially just reverse order because uh, you, you had the layover back and you went to back to Guadalajara, then Mexico, Mexico City. City and then back to Minneapolis, right? There was yeah. nothing else in between, right? Yeah, and that we did really quick, that travel time. So we, thankfully, one thing is that our vehicle was a lot lighter because we unloaded so much stuff when we were out on a missionary journey that getting home was a lot quicker because we just didn't have as much stuff. And we were going more down the mountains than we were going up. And so it was definitely a quicker up commute back to Guadalajara than it was to get to where we went. But yeah, it is a lot of traveling. And then I came home not because I felt tax like energy. I didn't exhort a ton of energy on this trip like I usually do, but it's just more taxing as far as, I mean, I'm taking a lot of Dramamine. I struggle with motion sickness, so my it kind of throws my body off in that way. But it was a great trip, and I'm excited. Like, take me back, Lord. Like, I, I was so blessed to be there and so inspired by the people there. And there was another lady we met named Alma who traveled 24 hours by bus to get there, which by bus... I can't imagine how crazy that would be to take a bus on those crazy roads. And she and her husband are ministers all throughout Mexico and different tribal regions and just such inspiring people that I got to meet. And, and of course our mission partners down there are just phenomenal too. And working with them is always such a joy and blessing and inspiring. So I go there and it, I already have a longing in my heart for the nations. And every time I go, I, I leave wanting more. And I don't know what God has for me as far as that goes. I just know that it's expensive every time I go anywhere. And I'm taking off work and I'm paying to go and all that stuff too. So it, it gets expensive and I would do it a lot more if I really felt like I was supposed to. But it's, yeah, an investment for sure. And it's leaving my family. How did it go for you having me gone, Thaddeus? It was it was fine. Just you know, just it was just me to get the kids everywhere and other than crying yourself to sleep every night, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Uh, no, nothing really out of the ordinary. Just a just one parent to to do all the driving. So you're a rock star dad normally, anyways. So, but so this 
you know, it's not our typical episode, right? It's mainly just a recap of Trisha's uh, missions trip. Uh, but I think that's okay. And I think, honestly, for anybody, it maybe is just, it's interesting to hear about. Um, and I'm sure she could go even further in depth, but we're going to keep our our time kind of how we normally are. But I would say, though, for anyone that's listening, if you are already a Christ follower and you've never been on a missions trip, I would encourage you to do so. And that doesn't mean you have to go to an unreached people group. It doesn't even necessarily mean you have to go to another country, but I would highly encourage it. Yes, there are lots of people within the United States that could hear, you know, need to hear about Jesus. And obviously, if you don't live in the United States and you're listening to us, you'd be like, well, what about our country? You know, the the Great Commission is to go throughout the whole world, right, and sp- and, and spread the gospel. And but the what I'm encouraging you, I've only done it once. I've only gone out of the country once on a mission trip myself, but it sticks with me. And I think it's something as Americans where, you know, yes, Trish and I like we're not a wealthy family. Like we 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 have enough to get by. Like God has blessed us. Right. Mm -hmm. But. To go into another country in another culture completely and to see how it is and how fortunate we are, even though there's times where we don't feel as fortunate as we are, um, it is, I think it's something that if you have not done so, that you should consider highly, you know. The Bible says the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few, and we're to pray to the Lord of the harvest to thrust forth laborers into the vineyard. And so we are praying for you that the Lord does stir your heart to be a harvester and to go out and make disciples and tell people about Jesus because it is much needed. And we are all in different seasons. And for you, it might be going on an overseas mission or it might be just talking to your neighbor about Jesus or your coworker and, or the parents sitting next to you in the stands at a sporting event, whatever it is, be faithful to where God has called you because there are so few harvesters. And in all reality, maybe you're in a position of, I don't think I could do that right now. Just maybe, maybe it's a physical thing or, or whatever, but maybe you have financial uh, ability to support somebody in going on a trip and i'm not saying you need to reach out to us to support trish to go on more trips i'm saying in general like you you get a (laughs) you get a support letter from somebody um telling you that they're going on a trip to really you know think and pray about that and maybe you yourself can't make these trips happen but maybe you can help make them happen for somebody else so on that note uh if you'd like to uh, write a checkout. No, I'm just kidding. If you'd like to <laughs> reach out to us with any questions or any prayer requests, feel free to do so. Email us info at fallenshortpodcast.com or you can uh, DM us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Uh, Twitter, uh, also known as X. And uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you. Yeah. Until next time, I'm Thaddeus. And I'm Trish, and we love you guys.
Are you currently doing your own podcast or maybe you're aspiring to start one? If you are, we'd like to encourage you to check out Blueberry Podcasting for all of your hosting needs. We use Blueberry today and let me tell you, it's it's real slick. Uh, works with our website just fine on a plugin. So if you use our code Fallen Short, you can get your first month free. So you can go ahead and click that affiliate image link on our website and get started with your podcast.